This podcast contains potentially adult language, adult themes, definitely drinking, and possibly sexual context. Listener discretion is advised. Drinking with Authors, the it's a live edition. Hi, it's a live edition. I could do that on the computer too, but I'm going to do it anyway. Okay, so <laughs> it's fine. Um, we actually are doing a little bit of a different format today because one, we're live, which is amazing t- in the time of COVID. And two, because I have two authors versus one host. So it's kind of a gang up, but in the best way possible. Well, I, sh- um, I can straddle both lanes. <laughs> you're going to straddle something, honey Cummings? <laughs> sure. Did she even tell you that we were live? Because I didn't know that. Oh. It's like, surprise. 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 Life. <laughs> so, um, with, my mind. I'm no. glad I did my hair. <laughs> Okay, we're going to get through this, I promise. Okay, so I'm your host, Erica Lance. With me today is author Honey Cummings. Also known as Valerie Willis. And also with me today is author Grayson Ace. Woo! So they are both erotica writers. So Honey Cummings writes a lot of um, normal erotica, but also paranormal erotica. And Grayson Ace writes male-on-male erotica. So I thought it would be fun to have a a discussion about sex. So everybody grab your condoms and let's do this. Um, first, though, we're going to talk about what we're drinking. So some of us have drinking with author swag, which everyone should have. And I have um, a little, apparently something in my cup, but I have Blue Moon with an orange in it and um, some piece of lint that apparently, okay, it's just going to stay there. It's fine. Val, what are you drinking? I'm oh, sorry, honey. <laughs> honey Cummings, what are you drinking? This is going to be so hard to get through. <laughs> it's going to be hard to it's get through. All, it always that's, is. That's, that's, <laughs> Rosa Bregalia. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. It's, it's, it's a, Is it wine? It's a it's sweet bubbly Rose, wine. raspberry, sort of sweet red wine, sparkling Ooh, I like red it. wine. It's really I like good. I think you'd like it. Yeah. Okay. And what are you drinking, I mean, Grayson? I'm, I'm super bougie, so I'm drinking a... A mimosa with peach instead of orange juice, and it's in my David Rose glass. Yes, so. we're trying very hard not to connect with people right now. Okay, yes. so let's um let's start with Grayson. Grayson, <laughs> look at her. Give me the glare. Yeah. Oh, we're going over it's like, here. Be quiet, Val. <laughs> Honey, whatever. I don't know who I am anymore. Honey, Val. Honey, Val. Okay, good. You've lost your shit already. We're only like three <laughs> seconds into the podcast. That's great. Grayson, when did you start writing? So officially, as Grayson Ace, um, I guess I started about a year ago. Yeah. So um, I've been, I've always been a good writer, you know, all through high school and college. It was, you know, what I was really good at. And then somebody just, you know, talked me into getting <laughs> on this train and doing this adventure. And she happens to be sitting across from me. Maybe, maybe I blame her for mine as well. <laughs> oh, really, Honey Cummings? Do you want to explain that one? No, because you can't even talk. You put food in your mouth right before you did this too, didn't you? She's already drunk. She is. I know. I made her drink before we started this. So. No, I've already had one cup. This is bad. <laughs> Just in case you're wondering, Honey Cummings, this is a cheap date. Mm-hmm. So doesn't take much. No, That's why my husband loves me. <laughs> That's why. 
It's not because you break shit. We know that. <laughs> Let's not talk about the He doesn't know bottle. about that. That's like the third one I've broke. He gets so mad at me. I believe it. Um, we were talking about your writing. Oh, that's right. The <laughs> writing. Um, so, like, <laughs> I met Erica at MegaCon Tampa Bay. And uh, her and Amanda Bird and a few others were all talking about, like, you know, do you have a side piece? I'm like, what, what do you mean by side piece? <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, you know, you erotica pin name or erotica that you're writing because it sells it, you know. And I'm like, no. They're like, no, you really should do this. You really should do this. So I've molded over and molded over. So uh, the fun thing about erotica is you get to choose a cool pin name. Uh, it's like being a porn star without being a porn star. Um, so I, I, I think porn starts would disagree with that analogy. <laughs> I'm glad you went there though. Okay. So um, Val's not a porn star. We've established that. Let's move on. So for fun, I, I pumped out a, uh, <laughs> pumped it out. She doesn't even realize she's doing it. That is the best part. <laughs> Since this is super hard and you're pumping it out. I'm going to close my eyes. <laughs> she's imagining it. <laughs> Now this is fun. <laughs> I I released a short story under the pen name, but I was keeping it secret until Erica tricked me into fetish con. Okay, how do you <laughs> trick somebody into going to a fetish con? So I said there's a panel for authors I'm for like, erotica. I love, no, she didn't say erotica to talk about romance and sex <laughs> scenes and and romance writing. And I go, I love panels. Erotica. Can be very romantic. I think that she did not listen to what I was saying and translated it. She in was her probably mind. drinking that rose drink. Yeah, Rosa Regalia. <laughs> so yeah, no. So we get to FetishCon. Go ahead. And we had to give them names, and they 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 called me over, and they're like, "Ma'am, you can't use your real name. You have to come up with a fake name." And Erica overhears this and starts grinning. She goes. Go ahead, because she was the only one in the group that was going that knew about the pen name. Go ahead, use your other name. I'm like, no, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> this is the worst. I'm already upset that I'm at FetishCon now. Now I got to use the other name <laughs> that is so cleverly devised. Um, it's a good name. And the guy's like, well, what's the name? And I'm like, ah. <laughs> He's like, what's the name? I'm like, ah, give me a sticky note. <laughs> I write it down, and the guy, this is like Sunday, this is like the second or third day of the convention, or last day, and he looks at, he goes, nice, and I'm like, I'm in so much trouble. I'm so embarrassed um, to say it. And then I turn around with my official name tag of Honey Cummings, and the whole group dies. It was pretty amazing. My favorite part was when we were right next to another room that was discussing saddle play. Uh, yeah. And so there's these guys walking in with saddles on their back and Val goes, what's that? And I'm like, horseback riding lessons. (laughs) (laughs) I remember if you remember the little HBO series where they would talk about like different sexual fetishes and everything. That's how I found out what saddle play was. Cause they even, you can even get like a butt plug with the tail. That has the tail. They were walking around with the tail. They were walking around with the tail. And, and Val, the mask. Val was trying to avert her eyes a lot. It was um, very funny. Because I would, so my <laughs> my first defense was to look down at your feet kind of scenario. To avoid eye contact or contact with whatever I just landed on. 
But the problem is, is every time I look down, I'd see more. <laughs> and then I jerk my head up, and Erica's like, "What's wrong with you?" Her choice of words. She jerked her head up. Yeah, no, she she. This she is why she writes erotica. <laughs> she didn't even realize she's it's writing just, erotica. It's accidental. It's total accidental. <laughs> no, it's true. I think my favorite part was doing that panel, which um, as soon as um, they were a great audience, they asked amazing questions. But they're sitting there in lingerie. Like yeah. they're not the panel. No, pasties. not the panel. No, the, no, no, audience. the audience. Oh, they're so with just pasties <laughs> or tape on their nipples and stuff, and they're sitting there. And so you go, do you have any questions? And my favorite part was the like the girl with the tape over her nipples raised her hand, and I'm like, honey, and she's like trying to not make eye contact, looking everywhere. But you have no choice because the person's talking to you, and then you're yeah. trying to legitimately explain how you describe anal in a book. Me. You know, like. So. But, uh, yeah, no, but it, it was interesting because I've been on a ton of panels by that point and it wasn't my first time discussing it. Mm. And what I have to say, it was interesting to be. It wasn't our first time. <laughs> Keep going. No, it's good. I'm going to write these all down for the footnotes. <laughs> so I'm used to an audience who isn't part of the fetish and part of the, the open sexuality that are trying to write about it. And here I am in a, you know, dealing with a group of people who live it and are still nervous about it. <laughs> I'm like, do you guys realize you have a way greater advantage than most writers <laughs> I've encountered to date? And it was, it was, but they had great questions and stuff. And I think when I brought up like uh, Claiming Sleeping Beauty by Anne Rice, they all realized that I, even though I'm bashful and red-faced and stuttering my way through this, that I understand there's boundaries and you have to know what you're talking about or you write a bad story. And, um, and of course, the co- kind of questions I got, you know, I'm an elementary school librarian and I want to write children's book in erotica. Should I get two separate pen names? Yes, please. <laughs> please do, lady in the fishnet shirt. <laughs> <laughs> You don't um, want your, your school children no, looking up those other books. No, and and of course, uh, Eric and I, being publishers for Four Horsemen, we have that discussion all the time. Like, be very aware of what your pen name is because you can accidentally be pitching to the wrong audience. We had a young adult author that came to us and we we're like, okay, you want a pen name? What is your pen name? And she's... <laughs> we love you. Yeah. We love you. Here we go. BJ Hunter. <laughs> and it, of course if you say b.j.hunter if you're looking at it, you're like okay but bj hunter <laughs> and it was funny because we were looking at it because she posted it up and then um one of our other erotica writers um like, uh, leo sparks excited. was like he was we like do you got one. a new male on male erotica writer and we're like no that's a children's author so he goes, we are oh. gonna need to change that name yeah i think so <laughs> yeah so um Let's talk about your series is um, Dr. Cage, Sex Therapist. Yes. Right? So let's talk about writing about um, what gave you the idea for this series. You know, when I decided to start writing, you kind of just, you know, had a lot of brainstorming sessions. What did I want the series to be about? You know, I know nothing. Why is there static all of a sudden? Do we know? Went away. Okay, we had a momentary blip because technical Oops. difficulties. We're live and in person. We don't normally do that. So what you wanted to write about? You know, so we had a lot of brainstorming sessions where, you know, where do we want to go with the book? Um, you know, so I had 
by the time I had started writing, I had recently gone through a divorce. Um, I don't know why my husband left me. It is what it is. Shame on him. Yeah. But poor choices on his part. Absolutely. If he only knew now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we had a lot of brain, brainstorming sessions and kind of just came up with this concept. You know, I don't have a background in therapy or sex therapy or anything like this, but I was like, let's talk about a sex therapist who moves from a small town to a big city and opens a practice and just has a lot of crazy experiences along the way in and out of his practice until he actually finds true love. And what's interesting about your series, which is um, cool and not cool, we might get a bunch of fans that scream at you shortly once (laughs) this is released, which is entirely possible, is you actually have a whole arc for your story. Like there's an end to this particular journey with this character. So you're on book six or seven yeah, so now? I, and it, there's 12, right, in the I, whole series? There's 12 books in the series. Um, so we're halfway through. Book six will be released, uh, I believe, in April. Yeah, I think so. So, um, But yeah, there is an ending to the story. So the point is, you know, this, the very first book starts um, in his childhood, actually, back in a very, very small town. Um, and it kind of goes through some of his very first sexual experiences. And then the book just kind of grows and gets to this climax <laughs> to, yes, the, you know, <laughs> the way, climax. <laughs> I thought of it before I said it. And I'm like, I got to throw this in there. But yeah, there is, there is an ending to the story uh, that will obviously come in book 12. And if you want to It'll know exactly you know, what his life has been like, you have to read all 12 books. Which you should anyway, because they're brilliant. Did did you find it, um, I already somewhat know the answer from Honey on this one, (laughs) because, is, did you find it difficult to start writing the sex scenes? Like, when you first started writing a sex scene, because the idea of it or the imagination of it can be whatever, but actually... Explaining it and explaining it where it's not a movie that you're playing in your head while you're writing it... you know, it, it is very difficult. And even, you know, so one thing that my readers will never know is which sex scenes actually happened and which are fiction. Uh, because a lot of the sex scenes that are in my books come from my own personal experiences. And then I even throw in there some experiences that my friends have said that they have um, had, but the readers will never know what actually happened and what didn't. So the difficult part actually comes when I'm having to make up these experiences. And I want to make sure that every experience that Dr. Cage has with another character is unique in its own way so that it doesn't get repetitive or boring or sound like I'm doing the same thing. And that is, you brought up a really interesting point about writing erotica because sex is not the sex can't be very creative and inventive and I'm not belittling sex at all ever, (laughs) but, um, writing sex and coming up with ways to keep it inventive and still talk about it because some of the motions of sex are very similar. Like, yeah. you know, the penetration. It goes of, in, it goes out, you yeah. suck dick, grinding. all that. It's all very yeah. similar. grinding. Yeah, so uh, I'll start with you, honey. No. <laughs> okay, you you agreed to be on the podcast, you drunk weirdo. So 
Um, Where do you find ease or difficulty in, um, you know, talking about like describing sex? And how do you get to a point where you are not being repetitive in your descriptions? So um, it's, it's about building your resources. So one of the books that I bought myself, uh, and Carol just updated it again, is um, Naughty Words for Nice Writers. Um, Because, you know, you're like, shit, I've already used asshole like three times in this page. I need to change this up. And butthole just doesn't sound right, you know. So being able to, to use a book that specifically has a thesaurus built for specifically the actions all surrounding romance and sexual intercourse is is a nice uh, tool to have on hand. So I highly recommend that, especially for someone who's first starting out and still trying to discover their, their writing as a radical writer. The other thing is, um, ironically, it's a lot like fight scenes and, and other writing. So you have to be aware of body parts and how many body parts are being discussed at one point. Um, And where those body parts are. Right, because unlike most stories that I've written, and I've written a couple of different genres between ghostwriting and my own stuff, is that in erotica, I have to make the sex scene last the entire chapter, sometimes two chapters, depending what I'm aiming for. And sex is part of the plot. So I have to be very... There has to be a way for character development and the plot to be unfolding while they're having sex a little bit. And I think it's a really hard thing to juggle. A lot of people it's like... It's a hard thing to juggle. <laughs> a lot of people focus solely on uh, like a narrative description of what's unfolding. Others just keep it dialogue and dialogue tags. I try to mix it up a little bit because I think it's a combination of stuff. Um... But unlike Grayson, I kind of get to cheat because most of my characters are supernatural. So I could be like, there is no refractory period for this. He just keeps going. Because <laughs> <laughs> werewolves no never sight. stop. <laughs> they never stop. What, what He's that? a chupacabra. It's, it's fine. <laughs> so what about you, Grayson? Um, do you ever find... Uh, you're using the same word over and over again to describe the same thing. And you have to look up a different way to say. Yes. And honey, you bring up a really great point. So when I, after I released my first book, it was very exciting for me. Um, and my family reads my books and I'm not embarrassed by it. And my sister called me and she goes, you used the word Dick so many times. And I went back and looked at it and I'm like, oh my God, you're right. Like I didn't use variations of, and there's so many words that can be used to describe a penis, but I just said, dick, dick, dick. And she was the one that pointed it out to me. And so I took that and then I started and I, I'm very conscious about it now when I'm writing that I will not repeat the same because obviously it's, it's gay erotica, it's male erotica. So there is a lot of talk of penises and I will never use the same word twice in a row or even three times in a row or in a row to describe the penis. I will make sure that I can come up with every different variation of the word that I can to describe it. And it, it makes it a more interesting read. I I think that's important. And it's important to kind of note that 
There's actually a very fine line, though, between um, the use of a word for erotic purposes and using it where it's no longer an erotic situation because you right. described it in a way that is not flattering or sexually stimulating, depending on the genre. If you're writing for, you know, somebody who sits on cakes all the time, the description may be better for that situation in the sexual thing, for instance. And there's nothing wrong with sitting on cakes. But... Um, <laughs> I've seen people use words that you're like, okay, now you're bordering to medical description of the situation. <laughs> or it's just like if you go, um, you know, her vagina was sopping wet. Some people might go, ooh, that's it. But at the same time, that sounds like a mop bucket. Like, I don't know that anyone would be thrilled with that description of wetness. Or, you know, that sort of where it's so super slippery that whatever. And I'm like, and it, and it also, you have to, and when it comes to the vocab, not only do you have to be careful of redundancy and trying to vary it, um, and you're also trying to describe, like you said earlier, similar motions in multiple ways. He grinded, you know, he pushed, he pulled. Like, you have to, like, vary, even though it's the same action, but you want it to read differently so they know that things are shifting or maybe the rhythm of the scenes shifting quite a bit. But the other thing is that you have to be very aware of who your audience is. There's terminology that Grayson's going to use that I shouldn't use in my heterosexual things because they mean totally different things or have different implications. Um, and a guy who's writing for you know erotica for male readers is going to use a little different language even more so. Static, no. Static again. We're back to static. It's okay. We're doing this live and in person for the first time. So what we'll do is we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back with Honey and Grayson. Can't wait. (laughs) It seems like you could use that for something else there, Honey Gummings. I mean, I talked with Erica and I knew that this statement was not going where I meant to go. She's like, I just kept going anyways. I just kept going. I knew what I was doing. Going and going. Okay, so we're 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 back. What is that noise? Do you hear that? It's gone. No, I don't. Someone was farting. Maybe I don't know. Don't be. We're not. We're too drunk for this. No, we're not. Erica's had one beer. We're not too drunk for this. Grayson is doing just fine over there. Somebody else. Somebody is too drunk for this. Well, the last time I had anything to drink was the last podcast. (gasps) That's okay. I've decided that our podcast, Consigliere, is going to be able to remedy this entire situation when it comes to the static. So he's just going to have to work extra hard on it. (laughs) Or put it out and not care and just tell everybody that it has some static on it. Go to the YouTube video. The YouTube video doesn't have static. No, no, no. That's what it we're going to do. It's being goofy and me, red-faced. And it sees Permanent. our pretty faces. And it sees our gorgeous faces. Um, so we were talking about uh, writing sex scenes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for that. That's why we gave you a break. Yeah. <laughs> but I want to talk about um, getting... So I'm sure every author has a different methodology to get ready to sit down and write and write sex scenes. But do you create a certain mood or an ambiance or a music list? Or what do you do, Grayson, when you're um, writing about fucking? You know, I feel like mine is a little different because I, I don't do anything 
to get going. I just kind of start thinking, you know, whether I'm going to be writing about. This might be my favorite <laughs> podcast, just from every innuendo that's happening. All the innuendos. <laughs> and I, it just real, it makes me realize, like, nope. my mind's in the fucking gutter all the time. All the time. It's funny because when I sit down to write, my puppy jumps up on the couch with me and she wants to put her head on my laptop. Obviously not going to work. So I don't really do any type of preparation when I'm getting into it. It's just a matter of deciding, am I going to write about a real experience or am I going to be making this one up? Um, so naturally, I mean, prior to sitting down to write, I do a lot of research on Pornhub. <laughs> you know, I was going to say, kind of you, like the Bible. I get you, asked that all the time. And I'm like, no, I have a, I have a guinea pig that I've had for 16 years. <laughs> but then again, most of the stuff I do is fictional. <laughs> <laughs> it does. It really helps because I, you know, we all have those Pornhub videos that we all always want to go back and watch over and over again because it it gets the job done. Um, but you know, one thing I will say when I am writing is I get turned on by my writing. So as I'm sitting there typing it, it turns me on as if I'm actually living the experience that I'm writing, and I am hoping that my readers are getting the same experience Who that I was do. It? Uh, there's a famous author that says if the author doesn't cry, then the reader doesn't cry. If the author doesn't laugh, the, the reader doesn't laugh. And if that's so, truth, then then I know what my readers are doing <laughs> in between chapters. Because <laughs> well, they're doing the same and, thing that I'm doing. And <laughs> I think, you know, it's kind of an interesting to, to say that and talk about that point because... Similarly, uh, I write under a pen named Dahlia Lance, and I write erotica, yes, right? And I'm your erotica. We've all read are, are you it. doing that? It. I was going to say you've read it. Are you going to say that like I'd be embarrassed? I'm not. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Put me on the spot. I'm going to. I mean, it turned me on when I read it. Thank you. Yeah. So it's <laughs> the point, though, is is that you know when you're when you're reading it and you're writing it. You have to know, you have to understand, and it has to be sexy to you. Because if it's not sexy to you, unless you're specifically writing for a particular group of people that maybe you don't, you're not into that exact thing, I think you can still do it justice, but I almost feel like you can't do it as much justice as a person who has a little bit of own voice when it comes to the sexual actions. Like, it doesn't have to be perfect, and obviously... You know, Val has not had sex with a chupacabra. At least one. <laughs> Val, if you had sex or with a chupacabra. No, or the Jersey Devil, or a lady in blue. She thinks or about it, a She woman, does. She apparently wants Mary. to have ghost, ghost sex. <laughs> ghost sex. Talk to us about ghost sex, honey. <laughs> I just did that to fuck with her. But my point <laughs> don't is... Do, don't that was like in, That was like in the movie Girls Trip. Like, a I ghost hate. fucked me. Yes. yes. <laughs> what? In the one hotel. It's I fine. didn't. I didn't see that movie. You should. You should okay. definitely watch it. Make make sure your children are present. No. Or no, not. I'm no. supposed to say no. No, it's not. But do you find that you've ever encountered a situation where I mean, it's one thing to go look it up on Pornhub to get sort of the logistics of it and how it would work, or if you're writing anything that has any sort of um, I'm not going to say bestiality because we're not going there, but um, if shifter implications about how the body of, say, a wolf would work versus, like, whatever, do you... Uh, but is there anything that you've started to go into and went, nope, don't have enough knowledge, not going to not gonna go there? Um. <laughs> Why are there so many eyes? 
Uh, You're on a podcast where we're talking and asking questions. That's how this, you've been, you've hosted oh, with me before you know how this works. Oh, I so many regrets. Um, no regrets. No regrets. Um, so. <laughs> do you remember the question I asked you? I think so. Okay. So so how do I handle the shifter aspects and, and the imaginative and tying things together? No, the question was, like, have you ever encountered <laughs> anything that you didn't know how to write and you realized, like, I can't, oh. I can't write this. Like, I don't know how to write this. Yeah, and Reddit is a really great resource. There's, there's our backslash erotica writers, and there's actually a big erotica author community on there that is very helpful. So kudos and shout out to those guys um, because it, it is it, there's resources. So even if if you want to try something new as a writer, not necessarily physically, um, you can try it physically. We're not shaming. <laughs> We're not shaming. Um, but you know, it's nice to know that there there's people who want that content. They want to read that story, and they will help you write that story. Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, we see that. It's so hard. Like it is hard. Yeah, it is really hard. Oh, I think I drank too much wine too fast, Erica. Okay, well, I didn't tell you to chug it, which you did, which is weird. Okay, Grayson, <laughs> what about your situation? Have you ever encountered anything? Um, this is your first series. Obviously, you're going to have more. But have you encountered anything where you were like, you know what? I need to go like. I don't know how to do this. Like, because you can imagine things, but you sometimes, I think for authenticity, you want to be able to go and do that. You know, not really in this series. So when the series started off with, you know, Dr. Cage and his teenage years through college, it was very much based on my own personal experience. So I, at one point in my life, was straight or pretended to be straight and... Then I was gay mm -hmm. and, and now I'm gay. So, you know, from the, you know, male on female aspect, those ones in the story, I'll just give my readers a little hint if they're listening, were true. So anything involving a female in my in my stories is true. You, you know, the, the struggle that I have now is, you know, I, I don't know where I compare to the average gay man when it comes to the number of sexual partners that he has had. But I'm now in the, the phase where I'm starting to create the sexual scenes in my story, you know, not necessarily from experience. So I don't struggle when it comes to what works and what doesn't, you know, what is normal in a gay scene, what isn't where I struggle at is having the creativity to make sure that every single scene across my books is different from no, one another. That makes sense. And we're going to take another quick second break because the our podcast consigliere is indicating we're having... This is our first time pulling our equipment out in a really long time. Get right it? Here. Pulling our equipment out. Pull we it pulled out. it out. <laughs> so we're going to take a break because we're having some brief technical difficulties. I'm sure you hear it. This is the voice of Drinking With Authors. You are at our commercial break, and our commercial is, hey, do you want to be a guest on our show? Or do you have a question for one of the guests on our show? Or do you have a brilliant drink recipe that we've never heard of? That would have to stump us. But you could reach us at drinkingwithauthors at gmail.com 
or on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. You can direct message or even just leave a comment on one of our posts. We would absolutely love to hear from you. My mouth yeah. is full right now. <laughs> I mean, record it if you want to. <laughs> this is what it sounds like. No, just kidding. Okay. So we're back again. Um, guys, thanks for hanging in with us with all the technical issues. We just wanted the opportunity because all of us have been um, safely in our quarantine zones. And um, so we thought it would be a good idea to see if we can do a live one again. Do it. You just did that to yourself. I don't even know what's wrong with you. So for the listening audience, she took a bite of an apple. And then knowing how well she chokes on food when she's trying to talk and she's about to do it again. And then goes, do it. With the apple still in her mouth. So we we know where her skill set is. Okay. So um, if you do not die on this podcast, because that's not a thing we're doing. So I want to talk a little bit about... Um, creating the fan base and what your fans are like interacting with you on your books. Right. So since you stuck something in your mouth there, honey, um, Grayson, what have you seen fan wise? What, what kind of feedback do you get besides you know, too many dicks? <laughs> no, it's working for a way to slide that in. Get it? Slide it. No in. dick picks yet, but you know, I'm, I still consider myself really new at this. So the, you know, the social media aspect of it, I'm just starting to really learn, just building up uh, my Instagram base. So I'm actually getting close to a thousand followers on Instagram, um, which is really good considering two weeks ago I had 43. So, well, you actually have to go on Instagram. Yeah, to you know, get like Instagram you got to work <laughs> on it. So, that works. so, you know, I know that Val is going to have a much better answer to this than I do um, because it's all still very new to me. So that's kind of where I am in this process now is, you know, I have six books under my belt. Now it's time to really build up that fan base and get people following what I'm doing. And, but you have had marriage offers, correct? Like three of them. Yes. (laughs) Um, They they said only if we can reenact one of the books. Yes. Marriage offers. So go ahead, honey, top that, get it, top it. (laughs) Top it, bottom it. Either way. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> you guys are the worst. This is so hard to talk about. Uh, is it? <laughs> We're talking so, about your fans, so the people fans, that appreciate your writing. Um. <laughs> so I get some weird responses. Uh, Grayson might enjoy these. Um. Well, my number one fan has to be Stan. If you've seen his reviews, he's an awesome reviewer. He also makes for a great proofreader. Um, having a newsletter opens uh, any author, no matter what genre you write, to a, a very passionate readers who will back your work, help you refine and polish your work. So I kind of reward those people with giving them previews or sneak peeks or have them help me in the process of fine-tuning certain chapters and aspects. And, and that's sort of a reward system that you can build that helps your marketing long-term, especially via newsletters. Um, outside of Honey, I can confidently say that if you're looking for Amazon reviews, your newsletter is the way to do it. Um, I was blessed and to discover Alinka Rotowski, a great marketer. 
Um, she kind of helped me get on the path all the way and kind of learn the ropes. I still don't practice everything she told me. I'm sorry, Alinka. Um, <laughs> but um, that knowledge has not left me. Um, I have notes, and every time I apply something she has beaten into my head, I finally cave, I do the thing, and I'm like, well, why did I do this sooner? Um, and it's been five years, and I'm still thriving off that advice. Um, because when it comes to marketing, marketing doesn't shift as drastically as the actual publishing industry half the time. Um, I think what I appreciate most about this little spiel that uh, Honey's on is that we asked about her fans, and now she switched to marketing and the <laughs> newsletter. And it's just, I was going to, I debated okay, how long circle, to let you I'm go on this advice. Okay. She just got like a bunch more sales from yeah, doing that. Yeah, yeah. Good for her. Like she's driving, and this isn't like she she's, turning, she's turning the corner. She's like, I'm going to go all the way down to the end of the cul de sac and I slowly make back. a circle, and then I might go down to the other street. <laughs> So, so my fans uh, talk about like the reviews I get for Sasquatch and stuff. Um, you know, I've had bad reviews. I have good, good reviews. The bad reviews kind of crack me up because every once in a while I get one that's like, this is unrealistic. And then as you read through the review, you're expecting them to mention the whole fact that he's a fucking Sasquatch. And you're like, this is like reading a romance about the other woman, and I just dislike it. And I'm like, well, isn't that what erotica is about? It's the other woman who just wants to fuck? <laughs> isn't that what we're here for? Um, I must have been mistaken. Um, but she didn't complain about the abusive boyfriend or... I can't say the word. Um <laughs> Oh, we're waiting for you to say the word. No, it's ne- negli- negligent. <laughs> oh, my God, I'm drunk. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, boyfriend, or the fact that uh, Biff is part Sasquatch or Sasquatch and some of the scenes, like, no, no one discusses that being unrealistic, but the fact that he has horrible friends is a problem. Uh, the fact that she's looking for sex the whole weekend, even though she was promised sex all weekend, and... And he went out Sasquatch hunting and, he, you know, no one likes the smell of scent cover and dough and heat. That's the worst. Well, you the s- worst. You, yes. you guys need to, don't, don't kink shame. No like king if you shaming. promise me Some, sex all weekend, so, I want uh, sex all weekend. Right, right. No, but that's the the core of it, Erica. Oh, that's he the core? Pro- he promised her a hot weekend camping sex in the woods. Why are you fighting with me right now? That's <laughs> I don't what know. I want to I'm know. going camping next weekend now. Oh, God. <laughs> We're looking for Sasquatch. Yes, just don't put scent all over the place, apparently. <laughs> that stuff's rough. Um, but, <laughs> but, um, so I'm going to. But then, and then I, I love seeing some of the ways that the readers also describe the writing. They're like, this was panty melting. And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> like, how, like, hmm. I need those reviews. <laughs> yes. I thought, you know, I saw the the one negative review on your books, Grayson, and I thought it was really funny that it was this was too short. I you know that's the only negative review I've seen. And yeah, was, I laughed at it. Yeah, it's it's a little novelette erotica series, and, and they're like this. There wasn't enough. Three stars. <laughs> so read read the next one then. Yes, like, they're you, supposed to be 
short stories. Little quickies. No, yeah, totally. they're quickies. They're quickies. She quickies. is drunk. Yeah, no, she is super <laughs> drunk. I appreciate that. So, um, because you're super drunk and this is fun to watch, let's <laughs> talk about the two erotica series you have. So, uh, so I. Shifter Romance is like the number one in audiobooks and romance genre and erotica genre, apparently. Like, they sell like hotcakes. So I'm like, I want to do a Shifter Romance if I'm going to do this Honey Cummings thing. Um, <laughs> I got an epic name. Now I just got to match it with epicness. And I'm like, but I don't, I don't want to do werewolves and bears and badgers and goats or whatever it is that they're doing these days. Um, whatever so- they're doing these days. <laughs> whatever those kids are yeah, up to <laughs> with the goats. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like so I I'm so can't that. wait for fans to walk up to you and be like, "What do you think of my goat erotica?" <laughs> I'm be like, nah. "It's beautiful." <laughs> is that what a goat? Is that what a goat sounds like? <laughs> yes. I think of like the Taylor Swift song where she's like, ah. "She almost lost her drink." I did. Oh my god! <laughs> it almost went everywhere, Grayson. This is why these are better live. Yeah, <laughs> right. But <laughs> crap. Um, but so I wanted to do something that I am good at. Um, and I'm like, what do I'm good at? Mythology and weird cryptids. So urban legend shipped erotica. <laughs> and she's like, how are you going to make Sasquatch sexy? And I'm like, watch me. <laughs> and she did it. <laughs> Chupacabra was even hotter. <laughs> and then the Jersey Devil got picked up by a journalist. Did you hear this story? No. Yeah, journalists reached out the Four Horsemen <laughs> wanting uh, a copy to review of Naked with the New Jersey Devil. Because he was doing, and I quote, New, ner- New Jersey Devil research Search. on what literary books had been written about the New Jersey Devil. And he this gave dude some. was just horny. Yeah, he gave some examples, which was fucking hysterical, because they're all like these historical talking yeah, about the historical. New Jersey Devil, right? Yeah. And then. <laughs> And then suddenly you get to his article, and there's there's that bright pink, uh, embracing couple of naked with New Jersey Devil, and but the interview questions were intriguing. Um, I think I think he thinks Erica was me. Yeah, no, it's cool. I got credit um, for the whole thing. It was <laughs> awesome. Um, but at one point in the emails, he asked. Um, how do I know how a male feels during the act? Because I describe it so well. And how many men I interviewed <laughs> to, to master this. And I'm like, and Erica's like, he wants to know how many men you slept with. I'm like, if I had to sing guinea pig for 16 years, I've only <laughs> been with two men my entire life. Um, I didn't reply with that. And, and then Brandon, Brandon, our, our social media marker, I love you, Brandon. Um, he goes, that's what I'm going to call it. I'm like, what? And he's like, I'm not, I'm not a slut. I'm just interviewing men. <laughs> <laughs> oh like, my God. I love stop it. it. <laughs> so he's interviewing men. Okay. Oh I actually wanted to bring up a, a point on, on, um, that's if I can keep, keep up. <laughs> I'm not anticipating you keeping up. I was going to actually ask Grayson the question. Oh, okay. So I'll you get a fine. break. Yeah. You, you get, get a break. break. Thank God. Yeah. I think you should definitely drink some more of that no, one. No, I'm putting it down. Okay. You're okay. going to pick it back up again because it's compulsory at this point. So, um, one thing you brought up before was, uh, talking to your friends. So I actually did a similar thing in, um, the Dahlia Lance books, right? The Randy Michaels books, this, 
not the first one, but the second one, I took two stories friends had told me about their sexual encounters and fictionalized them. They're not great stories. They're part of the cringeworthy stories in the book versus the super hot stories, just because they were so fucking weird. Um, how do you think your friends feel if they, do you tell them that you put them in the book? Like I actually gave homage to the person I put in the book and thanked her in the, um, uh, you know, uh, what's it dedication. called? Not the dedication. The oh. other part, the, uh, acknowledgements. Yes. Oh, okay. I've had a couple of beers. It's fine. Um, I think during the acknowledgements for the story, I didn't mention the story, but she knows anyway, moving on. Have the friends or, um, people around you that have told you the stories, have you told them if you I do. the book? I do. Like, so I tell all of them. Um, and you know, one particular had a very interesting thing where he actually kept a journal, um, for an entire year of every person that he had a sexual experience with and how he, how full was his journal? You don't have to mention it was, there was more people in his one year journal than I've had in my entire lifetime. So, I mean, he lives in a big city, so... Well, he's obviously interviewing men. He's He's interviewing men. He interviewed a lot of men, and he just... You know, none of them passed the interview. Yeah, right. (laughs) You know, so I I actually took the whole concept of the journal and tied it into my stories, and then tied him um, and his character into some of the stories, and he absolutely loved it. Did he? Yeah, so, like, I actually... I sent him the stories... Um, you know, before they were published so that he could see what I was doing. And he, I think, was just more excited that there was a story being written about him. Right. You know, because obviously no one's going to read this story and say, oh, my God, I know exactly who you're talking about. So it, it was more of the excitement of my story is being published in a book. I think that's awesome. And I think a lot of people get excited. And there's a lot of pe- authors. I know Honey Cummings did this where um, they will offer like a contest if you like and share blah, 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 social yeah. media to have a character named in a book, you know, when, when you actually use your Instagram, Grace, and you and can I use know, this. And I know, and I'm yeah. getting good on Instagram. Yeah. And, you so know, I every actually... year for Christmas, Honey Cummings will have a contest for you to be the Christmas, the Christmas character. You know, and I thought about running a contest like that, like do, almost like contests, like do you want to be in my book? Like people do come find me and maybe I'll write about you, but is this an interview process? It would be, you know, (laughs) it was meant to be an interview process, but now that I am in my first relationship after my divorce, this interview process is no longer happening. <laughs> Listen, but the interviews my, have been closed down. The position know, has been filled. Literally, the the position has been filled as well as some other things. But, you know, my literally this morning, my boyfriend said, are you going to write about me in one of your books? And I said, well, based on last night, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's actually interesting. My boyfriend, and I'm sure your husband has asked the same thing. Are you going to be in the book? And I think we take our experiences regardless of what genre we write in, right? You could write it. We're talking about erotica, but romance, real life. I write horror also. Erica Lance writes horror. I write um, erotica under Dahlia Lance. I do use real life situations that have happened. And in my horror stories, for the most part, I just take them to that, that next, next level, next level, that degree. Like I do the twist on them, which takes them into the horror genre. But I've used a ton of real life experiences and interactions with people to base that off of, you know. And I think as an author, I think no matter what we're writing, we always want to be authentic. We want to be uh, believable and authentic. 
And this goes back to to a lot of the workshops I host about research and including it into your fiction because it kind of gives you agency to be that weird, to be that off the beaten path because real life is stranger than fiction most of the time. Like, just just do hashtag Florida man and just read. Like, there's some crazy stuff that you're like, why why would they do that? Um, there's no rhyme and reason. You can't you can't uh, rationalize the logic. And what's funny is you say me. that, but if we put some of the stuff that is under hashtag Florida man, we all live in Florida, so we can say this shit. But if we mm. put that in a book, people go, "This, this isn't is fucking realistic. realistic. Yeah. Like this isn't a real like." I love I'm listening sh- to it on the radio in the morning. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Oh man. Uh, you know, like, like uh, a man lost his arm to an alligator swimming in the. the it's every single day. It's every single day here. It's totally. Well, normal. see that you could write about. It's believable, right? But right. there's some of the stuff that is is completely not believable that happens, and some of it is just more terrifying than even some of the scariest horror books. Like, like that woman that got arrested for sticking a chicken up her hoo ha. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, how does it, how does it get in there? It's not even how does it get in there. How do you get to the point of getting arrested like, for and then, it? Like that night, did her husband... No, like, she was in the was, grocery was, store like, was when her she hus- did it. Like, was her husband like, you taste like chicken nuggets? I don't no, know. I don't know. Did you go to McDonald's today? No, it was raw chicken in the grocery store. Okay. She was in the grocery she store. She was trying to steal it. And so was, her solution was to stick it up her hoo-ha. The, the, her her, her yeah. vagina. Her, her human pocket. Yes. <laughs> let's let's pocket. all make up words because... <laughs> The cold, words not hot pocket, cold pocket. Yeah. Well, you know what's interesting is <laughs> it's even, a hot pocket when it wants to be. Oh wow! <laughs> I love that you went there. She can't even breathe right now. Just so everybody's aware. But I don't like this wine and talk about naughty. But she things. loves the wine. <laughs> you don't like this wine and talk about naughty things. I know your husband's listening right now. Oh God, bless him. <laughs> Yeah, no, he he, al- uh, he already suspects that much of what he says makes it to the books, and he's right. Uh, I can tell you some of the, the quotes. Oh yeah, but let's let's do that. Uh, I think the first she's major... drunk enough that we can get her to do this <laughs> shit right okay, now. Okay, so in Roma Santa, he reaches under his skirt, and she has no panties on, and he's like, "Well, someone forgot something this morning." <laughs> she's like, "That happened this morning." <laughs> Before I came here. No, it did not. I don't wear skirts anymore. <laughs> Too much trouble unfold. <laughs> um, and then, really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, let, okay, let's, you said you don't um, necessarily put on like a certain music or anything like that. Do you have to have silence? Can you write in public places? Like- I can't, no. I'm, I've always been a person, like, when it comes to either writing or reading, I have to have complete silence. That's interesting. I, I can't. Opposite. I can't have complete silence. No. And it's because I have to drown the kids that has been out. I also have to make sure they're not behind me when I'm writing honeycoming stuff. Because yeah. I get very embarrassed. I almost... You I almost, get embarrassed? Uh, we're I shocked have, by that. My husband walked in one time and I almost knocked the freaking... Uh, monitor off the desk trying to hide it from him and he's like what is wrong with you and i'm like you can't read this he says i don't read any of your stuff i'm like oh that's a good point um but he also loves it when i'm working on covers for four horsemen because half the time there's booties and stuff so like i had the 
All or Nothing by Emily Bunny up on the screen to f- to pull the logo from it for her. Um, oh, her cover. The guy on her stuff. cover is so cute. He's gorgeous. Ugh. And he goes, he goes, what is that? And he makes like this voice where I know I'm in for it. And I said, it's not my book. It's not my book. And he goes, so you made the cover, right? And I'm like, it's a hockey romance. And he's like. Oh, everything's nice on the ice. And I'm like, please stop. And he goes, did he show her his Zimboni? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, what about his, did, she, did he show her his stick? And I'm like, please, no more. You know, and it's funny too, because I, I know, Erica, we've talked about this, but when you look at somebody's book cover and then you look at their name, you know, their author name, I, I relate that what is on their book cover is who the author looks like. So for me, I'm like, holy, holy <laughs> shit. If everybody else thinks that way, then they think I'm the most gorgeous man in the world. You and are this the is most gonna gorgeous no man problem. in the world. But it's funny because, you know, I've, I've had this with some, even some of the other four horsemen authors where I'm like, oh my God, like I, I have in my head what they look like based on their book covers. And then and you it, meet them, and you're like, "That is yeah, not no, what I was expecting." No, not I don't at look all. like Cedric. I don't look like Chupacabra. <laughs> <laughs> you do look like the lady in white. Wonton woman. Yeah. <clears throat> that that's. <laughs> don't say that out loud. You're not supposed to say that out. You are drunk. No, I'm gonna. <laughs> Why are you? I'm not the one talking. That would be Why you. Why is she shooing you? Yeah, she's shushing me. <laughs> Let's talk about covers for a minute because I think covers can be very impactful with erotica and having what's interesting in creating a cover is having, especially for your covers, Grayson, because your covers are a single, because they're smaller covers, they're four by six books. So they're a single male on the cover looking at the, the reader, right? And it's interesting when taking your book titles. So you have, um, you're only a bottom. Yeah. And you're only a top. And we talked about those because it's interesting and a slightly different from somebody, maybe, no, I shouldn't say slightly different because, you know, a heterosexual sex for the most part is a penis and a vagina. Like that's, that's heterosexual sex, regardless of the other stuff on the outside of it, there is a dick and there's a vagina generally. And that would be considered quote unquote heterosexual sex. Right. But there is um, a different dynamics depending in gay erotica, right? Because there are people that only want to be a top, which um, uh, I, I actually want people to Google what that means, and we're not going to explain it. And we're read not- my book to find out yes. what it means. Yes, you're only a top. Reads male male romance, with, like when you start reading a male male romance, which I'm a big fan of. Um, it's always like it's like when the two couples start like flirting. We, the two couples or the two people in the, the couple? The two people in the couple. There we go. What kind of the romance are you reading? <laughs> I don't know anymore. Um, there's always like this guessing game of who's going to end up on top and who's going to be very the much is. And, you know, that's the thing. And like, you know, I know we've had these conversations so many times. And, you know, my personal belief is you do what works in your relationship. So for those who can't read between the lines... I am extremely 100% verse. Yeah. And I have assumed both roles in, you know, different relationships. And I think it's really important that, you know, as a gay man, you do what feels right. No, I think, I I think that's true 
period. But it's interesting because I think your books are very topical in like, I should actually say conversational in aspects because you're touching on, um, under the uh, sex therapist, you're touching on conversations that probably sometimes should be had more than they're had. Like there's a, a deeper level to your stories, mm-hmm. right? Even though they're funny and they are witty and they're erotic, there's a deeper level of a communication that potentially needs to be had between both partners or more partners in a particular situation. Does that make sense? No, it does. And you know, and that's the thing, especially in the books, you're only a top and you're only a bottom. You know, I, I am not a professional. I am not a, a licensed therapist or anything like that. But I actually take some stories from people that, you know, some were personal experiences. And we actually go through the actions of, you know, why do people assume one position over the other or why do they prefer one over the other and you know even though the stories are very erotic in their writing we actually do hit on some of these issues um and you know how you can overcome them and i think that's important in a very fun way and it's similar with honey cummings because like you were just talking about sasquatch But the genesis of that story is a girl that is thinking she's going to have this great weekend with her boyfriend, Boyfriend. and then he totally ignores her for this other topic, hence she falls into the arms. And of course, it's all predicated on this, like, overarching, like, Sasquatch and, you know, Bigfoots and blah, blah, blah. But if you, I think a lot of people don't, um, they take for granted the fact that some of these stories have a very um, connective tissue when it comes to bringing up situational things right. that you can bring up in a light and humorous way, way. with stuff without, um, and getting people to almost subconsciously think about the action that they're doing. Yeah. Cause one of my aims was that, you know, not only do I have a fictional shifter character, but the other character, or at least one of the characters have to be a jilted lover on some, some level. So that was like one of the aims because I wanted something that'll immerse the reader immediately. And we've all either heard about a breakup or been part of a breakup. So that kind of puts them in the moment or in the know of that whole, no one likes to be rejected and here comes love willingly kind of scenario. Um, But one of the things I think is great about Grace and Ace that I think the community is missing is own voices. Um, You see it preached all day long. Like we need writers who are writing the kind of characters they are writing about. Like I, I write male, male romance under VC Willis and I'm constantly fretting. I'm like, please do not let this sound like a heterosexual housewife (laughs) because that is not the intent. Uh, So I have proofreaders or uh, sensitive readers, readers who are queer and gay to read it before I even dare publish it or even send it to the editor, because I want to make sure that it's legitimate enough, you know, um, and I've, and I've had people like uh, email me and are like, and only send like a couple chapters at a time, and they're like, I'm I'm totally betting that John is bossy bottom and John's silent type top, and I'm like, I might surprise you, <laughs> you know, because I I hate that whole scenario that they have to be one or other in fiction when in reality it there the lines can be blurred quite often. And just as a side note, and I'm going to ask you guys a couple questions because we have to wrap up, but. 
I think more publishers, and it, this isn't a statement, I think more publishers need to be cognizant of own voices and we need to, in in this world, make sure that people are able to talk from their true vantage point and not, you know, it's great when somebody else writes male-male romance, but why don't, why don't you have a gay man write male-male romance or male-male erotica? Not that it's wrong. Your book is amazing and a lot of... You know, people can relate, but I think it's important that to have that, but also make sure you make an effort to have Both. the own voice author. At so, the least. with that, um, uh, Honey Cummings. Honey Cummings. I've been Honey Honey Cummings, aka Valerie Willis. No, that's not what I'm asking you. Oh, I was getting what? to actually asking you a question, but I appreciate you're doing your outro. <laughs> I'm trying. Okay, what what advice would you give erotica writers out there? Take your time with it. Pay attention for redundancy is easy. So he did this, she did this, he did this. Like try to change up that sentence structure as much as possible. Pay attention to how often you describe certain body parts and where you've left a body part at. Because if you said that their arms are tied behind them and then suddenly they're gripping them by the hips, it's like, when did he... he okay, Houdini. <laughs> How'd you do that? So um, be very, very cautious and aware of what's being laid on the page because more so than any other genre, it's very specific when it especially comes to those intimate scenes. Very cool. How do people find you? They can find me at authorhoneycummings.com. I believe I'm at authorhoneycummings and then on Instagram and at authorhoneycummings2 on Twitter and authorhoneycummings on Facebook and authorhoneycummings at gmail.com if they want to reach out. Okay. And what is your next book coming out? Uh, I'm almost done with Jack's Beanstalk. We'll see who climbs it. <laughs> Perfect. So, um, Grayson, what advice do you have for authors out there? You know, basically all the same advice that Val gave. <clears throat> you know, it's very much about using your creativity and look at this as a way to, you know, let out your fantasies that you have. You know, a lot of what I write is things that I have in my head, experiences that I've thought about, things that I want to do. So let's not make it real for everybody else to read about. Awesome. And how do people find you? Everybody can find me on Instagram, <laughs> uh, obviously, <laughs> at Grayson Ace Official. Um, on Instagram, Grayson Face on F Grayson Face, Grayson Ace <laughs> on Facebook. That is Grayson with an A, not an E, the important piece. Awesome. And your next book coming out is? Next book comes out in April. It is called... Uh, you know, everything is called Dr. Cage Chronicles, Memoirs of a Sex Therapist. This one is looking for love in all the wrong places. So if you guys want to meet and know everything about my husband, my ex-husband <laughs> who left me, this is the book where it all comes dun, to dun, fruition. Dun. Enjoy. Uh, and don't worry, his publisher's going to mail the acts a copy just to make sure <laughs> he's super sure that he gets it. Okay. So this has been Drinking With Authors live podcast. I say live. We're not actually live live, but we're in person. So I'll leave it that way. I've been your host, Erica Lambs, and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.